Good afternoon, Major League Baseball and New York Mets fans. You're listening to an all-new edition of the Metropolitan Report. My name is Alfred Parsar Jr., and this is the podcast that talks about any and everything New York Mets. Today is Thursday, July 15th, 2021, and the All-Star break has passed us by. Uh, We're getting ready to enter the second half of the 2021 Major League Baseball season. Uh, Today on the program, we're going to recap the Mets' involvement in the All-Star game. Of course, the Mets had representatives in the All-Star Futures game, the Home Run Derby, of course, which we have to talk about, and the Midsummer's Classic itself, the All-Star game. Uh, Also on today's program, uh, I'm going to look back at the first half and give letter grades, as well as looking forward to the second half, especially the upcoming weekend series, that starts tomorrow in Pittsburgh against the Pirates. So, this past uh, All-Star break, 2021, the Mets had a decent showing. Uh, The last edition of the report on Monday, uh, we recapped Sunday's All-Stars Futures game, so uh, I'm not going to go heavy into that, but uh, the New York Mets prospects uh, representing the organization that played in that game were Brett Beatty, who had a tremendous season in high a Brooklyn so far in the first half. Uh, he is no longer a Brooklyn Cyclone. As we mentioned on Monday, he has now been promoted to double a Binghamton. So he is now a Binghamton rumble pony. Uh, he's promoted up one level in the minors and then uh, prized prospect, the catcher Francisco Alvarez, who came in for a pinch hit appearance in that sixth inning. And boy, did he hit a moonshot. So uh, his power was on display. He didn't get to play any any defense at catcher. Just that one pinch hit appearance, but he made his presence felt. Uh, Francisco Alvarez hitting one of the five home runs uh, that the National League team hit in that game. Uh, of course, uh, the MLB draft, now a part of All-Star Weekend. Uh, we also covered this on Monday, so I'm not going to delve too heavy into it. The Mets had the 10th overall pick. They went ahead and picked the pitcher, Kumar Rocker, who comes from Vanderbilt University. Uh, Vanderbilt, of course, a baseball powerhouse in terms of college baseball. They're a collegiate powerhouse. And uh, Rocker was said to be the second best pitcher in the draft, only behind his teammate, Jack Leiter. Uh, of course, for those of you who follow college baseball in uh, with high interest, Uh, You would know that Kumar Rocker was the uh, most outstanding player, their version of an MVP award for that 2019 College World Series. Uh, And then comes Monday. Now, our edition of the Metropolitan Report that was released Monday came out Monday morning, so the Home Run Derby hadn't happened yet by the time the show came out. But the Home Run Derby did not disappoint. Uh, Pete Alonso defending the crown of course because of the covid truncated season there was no home run derby last season uh pete alonso the 2019 winner so he's looking to go back to back in three years uh due to their not being an all-star break last year uh pete alonso had a star-studded field against him uh the competition included juan soto uh from the washington nationals salvador perez from the kansas city royals Matt Olson from the Oakland Athletics, uh, Shohei Otani, who everybody, including myself, uh, pegged to win the competition, uh, Trey Mancini, 
uh, from the Baltimore Orioles. What a story that is. He got to the finals uh, this time a year ago. He was battling stage three colon cancer. Um, I don't even think anybody would have thought that he would have uh, been featured prominently uh, in the all-star break, let alone uh, play baseball or be alive at this point. So uh, God bless. Uh, also, uh, we had Trevor Story uh, trying to become the fourth man ever to win it, win the uh, Home Run Derby in his uh, own ballpark. And then uh, Joey Gallo from the Texas Rangers, he also threw his name into the hat for the Home Run Derby competition. And uh, I'm going to pause right here. And uh, of course, I like to tell the truth. I like to be honest. And I'm going to admit when I'm wrong. On Monday, I did state that I thought Shohei Otani would win the whole competition. I also said that I think Pete Alonso was going to get bounced in the first round because the way the brackets were set up, uh, the winner of the Pete Alonso-Salvador Perez matchup was going to face the winner of the Juan Soto-Shohei Otani matchup. Not only did I have Shohei beating Juan Soto and I had Pete Alonso beating Salvador Perez, but I had Shohei beating Pete Alonso. That's not even what happened. Juan Soto knocked Shohei Otani out of the competition in the first round. Um, Shohei Otani uh, looked visibly gassed, visibly winded. Uh, I could tell that he uh, busted a lot of people's brackets. MLB.com promised a hundred grand if you could uh, fill out a bracket and uh, it was a perfect bracket. Uh, but yeah, so my bracket got busted in the first round alone. But yes, so uh, Pete Alonso looked cool, calm, and collective. Uh, each participant in the Home Run Derby, and this plays a key story for those of you who watched it or could go back and watch the video, they were allowed to pick a soundtrack of music to play while they were up at bat. And uh, Pete Alonso, he picked a soundtrack mix of Biggie, Nas, and Mob Deep. Shout out to Pete Alonso, a real hip-hop head and a, a friend of the show. And uh, Pete, as he was up there, bobbing his head, dancing, like it was it was just unbelievable. It was a spectacle I would have never, ever in my head uh, would have imagined to see. Um, and it's funny because a couple weeks back at City Field, uh, Pete Alonso changed his walk-up song. His walk-up song used to be Welcome to the Show by Cody Johnson, a country music song. And then a couple weeks ago, uh, I hear the I hear hypnotized by the notorious B.I.G. And Pete Alonso walks up to that. I'm like, there's no way he listens to that. But apparently he does. He had Nas and Mob Deep blasting. He he was hitting home runs to Shook Ones Part 2. For those of you who know hip-hop, of course, you can check out my other podcast, the Rap Lab Podcast, also on uh, Apple Music and Spotify. But nonetheless, uh, Pete Alonso, even in the finals against Trey Mancini, Took a timeout because they get one timeout if they should use it. And he chose to use the timeout, but not to rest, but to amp up the crowd. And uh, Pete, it just looks so easy for him. Where guys like Shohei struggled, visibly tired. Um, other guys like uh, Matt Olson, uh, Joey Gallo didn't... Like, it just looked like a struggle for them. But for Pete, it, it, it just looks very easy. And uh, Pete Alonso had some uh, choice words in the press conference after 
uh, winning the second of his back-to-back home run derbies. Let's play the tape. I mean, I'm a, I'm a power hitter, and for me, I, I think I'm the best power hitter on the, on the planet. And uh, being able to showcase, be able to showcase that, and uh, really put on a fun display for for fans, I just think that um, it's it's truly a truly a, a dream come true for me. Because when I was younger, my parents actually let me uh, stay up past my bedtime to watch this. Um, just watch um, absolutely incredible feats that uh, you just don't see in a, in a regular baseball game. And to be able to participate is it's a dream come true and to be able to do it back to back um it's it, this is really special for me and really really cool so there you have it folks pete alonso saying that he is the greatest power hitter on the planet um those are some big words to live by and hopefully uh pete can uh, again live up to those words you don't want to say things like that and then have a dud of a second half of a season uh currently uh pete alonso is hitting uh, 250 for average, which, you know, average has nothing to do with power, but he does have 17 home runs and 49 RBI. He does happen to be the Mets team leader in home runs. Uh, he's tied for 14th with both Nolan Arenado of the St. Louis Cardinals and Trey Turner of the Washington Nationals uh, in the National League home run race, of course. The NL League leader in home runs is Fernando Tatis Jr. of the San Diego Padres with 28. So um, if you're the best power hitter on the planet, Pete, uh, you got 11 home runs to catch. Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr., of course, Pete Alonso, notorious for that 2019 rookie season that he had where he broke Aaron Judge's single-season rookie home run record where he hit 53 home runs. Uh, which is which is an amazing feat, uh, considering uh, the mass amount of strikeouts in the game today. Uh, Pete Alonso, uh, in 60 games last season, hit 16 home runs, so he has already uh, surpassed that mark. Although he played 57 games uh, last season, it took him 20 more games to get one more home run this season with his 17. But plenty of baseball left uh, in the second half, so. Uh, we'll see if uh, Pete Alonso can live up to those words, if he is, quote-unquote, the best power hitter on the planet. Uh, I have plenty of faith in in, in Pete's bat. Uh, I've sat in City Field uh, many times, uh, both, uh, well, he's hit more home runs on the road than he has uh, at home this season, but plenty of times in 2019 I saw Pete go yard, so uh, I'm I'm hopeful and confident that he'll regain his form. Uh, on to the All-Star game itself. The Mets had uh, one lone representative in the All-Star game, and that was Taiwan Walker, the starting pitcher, who ended up getting a trip to Colorado because Jacob deGrom opted out of the All-Star game uh, due to his pitching schedule and wanting to spend time with his family. Uh, he didn't even make the trip to Colorado, so Taiwan Walker took his place, as is Major League Baseball rules. Uh each team in the league must have at least one minimum representative. So Taiwan Walker was selected to play in the Midsummer's Classic. Uh, Taiwan Walker pitched one inning. He came in in the top of the sixth uh, facing the American League All-Stars. Uh, Walker's showing in the All-Star game uh, wasn't the greatest. Uh, again, he pitched one inning, which was the, the top of the sixth. Uh, he gave up... Uh, one run on one hit, which was a Mike Zanino home run. 
but he did have one strikeout in that one inning that he did pitch. But again, it's the All-Star game. It's a meaningless game. Uh, Taiwan Walker, well-deserving of that All-Star selection. Uh, in 16 starts this season, he's 7-3 and with a 2.50 ERA. Uh, there's no argument there. He is, even though he's number three in the rotation, he's clearly the Mets' second best uh, starting pitcher. Uh, I would rank DeGrom, then Walker, then Stroman, although Stroman is the number two right now. But um, Walker was, was well-deserving of this all-star berth. Uh, again, like I said on Monday, uh, this was a guy who a couple of years ago, his career was in jeopardy. He had the Tommy John surgery. And he was signed and brought to Flushing to be a serviceable starter. If all had gone to plan and Carrasco never got hurt, Walker would have been the number four. Um, but he has far surpassed expectations in the first half. And I, I can only hope to see what, what's going to come of Taiwan Walker in the second half. But I think uh, his starts are going to be crucial down the stretch uh, now that the dog days of summer are here. So with that being said, uh, the Mets' participation, again, uh, we had Brett Beatty and Francisco Alvarez in the All-Star Futures game. Pete Alonso dominates the home run derby. Taiwan Walker pitched one inning in the All-Star game itself. Uh, we're going to take a, a commercial break, and when we come back, I'm going to give out some letter grades to the Mets' first half, and then we'll look uh, forward to the second half. You're listening to the Metropolitan Report. I'm Alfred Parsar, Jr. Hey, what's up, guys? Pete Alonzo here from the New York Mets, and uh, I'm here with Alfred, and I just want to say thank you so much to all you guys for listening to the Metropolitan Report. It's a really awesome show. You got some great insight on Mets baseball, and um, yeah, it's I mean, it's a great place where Mets baseball is talked about, and we got a lot of really fun stuff coming up this year. It's just been absolutely tremendous, so thank everybody for listening to the Metropolitan Report, and uh, Alfred, keep doing your thing, and as always, LFGM. And we're back on the Metropolitan Report. And I want to go through some categories of baseball and just grade the Mets on the first half performance. Uh, so number one, the starting pitching. I'm going to give the starting pitching an A-. minus. Uh, reason being, um, the New York Mets starting pitching rotation, say what you want, but they've been solid for the most part. Um, of course, Jacob deGrom in this historic season he's having um, nine times out of ten DeGrom starts the Mets pretty much a guarantee to win uh, in those in those games uh, and it's evident typically when the Mets have lost this season it's due to lack of hitting it's not due to bad pitching there have been many one-run games that the Mets have lost um, Jacob DeGrom's two losses this season he only gave up two runs in the two losses and that was early in the season. Of course, uh, the Red Sox blanked the Mets 1-0 uh, early early on in the season back in May. Um, in April, uh, Jazz Chisholm with that lucky home run shot. Um, that was 1-0 until Edwin Diaz came and got rocked as well. Uh, but the the Mets, they're, they're, I'm going to give their rotation a, a, an A-. Um, despite his, his record being 6-7. Marcus Stroman has been decent. He's got a couple of no decisions. Some of those losses weren't his fault as well. Um, I would say the only sore spot in the rotation would be David Peterson. Uh, Tyler McGill, the rookie, 
Uh, he's still 0-0 on the year, but in his four starts, he's he's pitched very well. So, again, this, this Mets rotation has been solid. The bullpen, I'm going to give uh, a B-plus. Uh, Aaron Loop, who on the previous edition of the Metropolitan Report, I said was an all-star snub. His ERA is below two. Um, he's been just tremendous for the Mets this season. Uh, phenomenal uh, season from Aaron Loop, who I was very skeptical of when the Mets acquired him, but uh, he, he's pitching very well this season out of the bullpen, the left-handed specialist. Uh, 31 appearances, he's 3-0, 1.61 ERA. Uh, Jerry's Familia is, is having a, a, a renaissance of a season as well. Uh, Familia not pitching badly at all. Uh, the Familia of the last couple of years, uh, is not, is not evident this season. Familia, not, not quite at his 2015 form, but, uh, he's pitching well. He has a record of 4-1, 3.76 ERA. And then, uh, Edwin Diaz has only blown two saves all year. Uh, some said he was an all-star snub. Uh, he's 3-3 three and three with a 3.25, uh, ERA this season. And again, uh, some some saying that he's an all-star snub. Uh, Diaz so far this season, 21 save opportunities. He's converted 19 of them. Uh, that's a high success rate at a, at a high clip. So uh, when the game's on the line and the Mets have a, have a slim lead in the bottom of the ninth or top of the ninth, uh, depending on if they're home or away, usually they put Diaz in and, and he's good to go. Uh, and, he, and he has three wins on top of it. Uh, the Mets, the Mets team ERA is 3.43. That's good for fourth in all of baseball. Uh, they trailed the Los Angeles Dodgers, San Francisco Giants, and San Diego Padres in that order. So, if you're not in the NL West, <laughs> the Mets have the best ERA in baseball outside of the NL West, which is funny. Uh, the offense. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give this offense. I'm going to give this offense a C. Reason being is because, one, uh, if you look at the batting averages on this team, uh, I'm not even going to count J.D. Davis in this conversation because he's been gone a majority of the year. But Brandon Nimmo is the only hitter in the lineup batting over 300. Granted, you know, there are some guys who toward uh, the end of the first half started to catch fire. Uh, Jeff McNeil being one of those guys. Uh, but guys like uh, Francisco Lindor, the $341 million man, uh, batting 227. Uh, he started to heat up towards the end of the first half. Uh, hopefully, I'd like to see him get to 250, maybe 265. But that's it's felt like wishful thinking all season. Uh, Michael Conforto, he's in a contract year. He's playing for an extension. And for a guy who uh, Scott Boris claims is worth the money, he sure doesn't look like it batting 202. I know he was uh, on the injured list uh, for a good for a good while. Uh, Pete Alonso, who we mentioned before, the 17 homers, he's batting 250. And then uh, another guy in the lineup who was slated to be a key cog in the offense, uh, Dom Smith batting 252. So. I mean, in this era of baseball where there's way more strikeouts and less hits, it seems like 250 is the new 300. But uh, again, Brandon Nimmo, the leading hitter, he's hitting 317. 
but this offense has to wake up. There have been certain situations like a couple of weeks ago against Milwaukee where the Mets had the bases loaded with nobody out and didn't score a single run in the inning. You can't have, you you just can't have uh, offen- uh, offensive lack of production like that. You just can't. Um, Sunday against the Pirates, they were down a run, couldn't even muster any offense. Uh, I've seen a lot of strikeouts from this team. Um, Francisco Lindor, for whatever reason, in, in, in a lot of situations, even when it doesn't call for it, trying to drop down bunts. Swing the bat. Don't take the bat out of your hand. Uh, it's pretty frustrating watching this Mets ball club at the plate sometimes. Uh, and then a lot of the times, these guys are striking out or, or grounding out, hitting hitting balls that are well out of the strike zone. High and in, low and away. I find myself sitting in City Field plenty of times saying, hey, what are you swinging at? So, but like I said, this Mets team, first half batting, I'm giving them a C. I would hope to see them improve, um, improve mightily. Defense, I'm going to give the defense, uh, I'm going to give the defense an A. I'll tell you why. In spring training, the... Everybody said, oh, this Mets team is going to struggle defensively despite them having one of the best defensive shortstops in all of baseball, Francisco Lindor, in the infield. But the knock was on the outfield. People said Brandon Nimmo's defense wasn't that great. Uh, people said, oh, how is Dom Smith going to fare his first full season in left field? He's a first baseman by trade. Um, but the Mets haven't been playing bad on, on defense. They Since J.D. Davis has been hurt, Jonathan Villar... As basically locked down third base. There's not a lot of balls that get hit to third and make it past that man. Uh, Dom Smith not hasn't struggled in left field like many people said he would. Brandon Nemo's robbed a couple of home runs. Uh, he's down in Syracuse right now, but Albert Almora Jr. made uh, quite a few great defensive plays when he was uh, on the active Major League roster. Uh, so that was the only thing that was keeping him in, in flushing before he got on the shuttle bus that sent him to Syracuse. So uh, this this Mets team, uh, Kevin Pillar, another guy, defensive highlight reel, another guy who has been making great defensive plays all, all season long. So the defense is not is not the issue. Even, even Pete Alonso's made some diving catches and flashed the leather uh, this season. So uh, those, those are my grades for the, for the pitching, the defense, and the offense. So we're going to go A for defense, A minus for 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 the starting pitching, a B a B for the bullpen and uh yeah. And we're going to give it a, a, a A for for defense. Uh as far as the bullpen goes and I forgot to mention this but uh where they can improve uh guys like is two guys in the bullpen that when they come in the game I get nervous. It's 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 Trevor May and Miguel Castro. Trevor May was was a great reliever on the Minnesota Twins. Comes to New York, feels like I feel like he, I personally feel like he's nervous. Uh, Miguel Castro started off the season great, and lately he's just getting batted around. All the other guys in the bullpen, Drew Smith doing a good job. Uh, as I mentioned before, uh, Jerry's familiar, Aaron Loop, Edwin Diaz, no problem there. Just giving credit where credit is due. Uh, the trade deadline is exactly two weeks from tomorrow. I don't really know who 
is on the active roster now that won't be come two weeks from tomorrow. But um, because the trade deadline is still two weeks away, I'm going to save my trade deadline predictions for Monday's program. But, uh, yeah, that that's what I think of the team so far. Um, the Mets, usually we recap the standings at the top of the show, but we didn't because, again, nobody has played baseball since Sunday, since the All-Star break, with the exception of the All-Star game. Um, games start back up today. The Mets are off today. They don't play till tomorrow against Pittsburgh. Um, but we'll go through the standings just in case uh, you missed the last uh, edition of this program. The Mets in first place in the National League East at 47-40, and 40, 54% winning percentage. Uh, they're three and a half games up on the Phillies, who are 44-44, and 44, uh, 500 right on the nose. The Braves trail them. They're four games behind the Mets, 44-45. and 45, But again... Uh, they suffered a huge blow on Saturday, this past Saturday, when Ronald Acuna tore his ACL. Uh, Acuna, who was a National League MVP candidate, uh, is just one in a, in, in, in a million blows that the Braves have suffered so far this season. Of course, they lost Marcel Ozuna, who was put on leave by, by, by Major League Baseball uh, for that uh, domestic violence charge that he incurred. But uh, that was a blow to them. The Washington Nationals, who were hot a couple of weeks ago, cooled off significantly. Uh, they're 42 and 47, six games behind. And the Miami Marlins, the team that nobody's afraid of, 39 and 50. They're nine games behind. But the schedule gets rough in the second half. Uh, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, uh, before we wrap up the show, we're going to look at the New York Mets uh, upcoming schedule and some games beyond. You're listening to the Metropolitan Report. I'm Alfred Parsar Jr. What's up, y'all? This is Barry Grant Jr., host of the All Even Podcast. I'm tuning in with my man Alfred, host of the Metropolitan Report. That's the only place that I get my Mets news from. Tap in, because trust me, that's crazy. Do you have an event that needs a design? How about planning? You can take care of all your event needs with ARJ Signature Design run by Alnisa Reed Jenkins, where you can get custom floral designs, event designs, set designs, as well as retail and commercial installs. You can get all that done by Alnisa Reed Jenkins of ARJ Signature Design with event planning and event designing and is also a family-run business. Again, that's ARJ Signature Design, and you can go ahead and get your free consultation by contacting Ms. Reed Jenkins at arjsignaturedesign.com. They do a great job. And again, if you need any event florals, custom floral designs, or set design, whether you're commercial, retail, or personal, ARJ Signature Design can get the job done for you. Again, that's arjsignaturedesign.com for your free consultation now. And we're back on the Metropolitan Report. And... Let's take a look at the Mets' upcoming schedule. So, of course, they're off today. Uh, they're on a six-game road trip before coming back to Flushing next Friday. Uh, on this road trip, they play three against the Pittsburgh Pirates, followed by three against the Cincinnati Reds. Now, I know what you're thinking. Oh, they're playing the Pittsburgh Pirates. This is one of the worst teams in baseball. Second worst team in the National League. But look what happened last weekend. 
The Mets played them in four games and they didn't sweep them. They didn't take three out of four. They split the four games. I don't know if the Mets underestimated this Pirates team. I doubt that. But they 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 split with the Pirates. I don't know, maybe um, because the all it was the last game before the All-Star break, the Pirates just wanted it more. The Mets didn't care. I don't know. But the, that series should have been 3-1 Mets. Um, and I doubt, I doubt, you know, they're, I doubt that they played harder than the Mets. Of course, Marcus Stroman giving up uh, a go-ahead home run to the opposing pitcher, Tyler Anderson, of all people. Um, and then the Mets on Sunday up 5 nothing after the first inning, and they lose 6-5. to So I don't know what's going on. But that's the pass. That was the first half. This is the second half. Marcus Stroman scheduled to take the hill uh, tomorrow in Pittsburgh. Um, you can't sleep on the Pirates, especially because they proved that they can hang with this Mets team. But I'm going to give them, them being the Mets, uh, two out of the three games, hopefully. And then it's on to Cincinnati. And you got to be careful with Cincinnati because... Cincinnati has something to play for. The Cincinnati Reds are second right now uh, in the National League Central. And the Brewers lead that division, the Milwaukee Brewers, at 53-39. and 39. Uh, The Reds are 48-42. and 42. They're, they're only four games behind. And the combination of Jesse Winker, Nick Castellanos, and, and Joey Votto scares me personally. Uh, that is a lineup that is not to be... Uh, underestimated by any stretch, and I think they're going to give the Mets trouble overall on this on this road trip. I think that the Mets are going to go three and three. I think they take two out of three from Pittsburgh, and I think they only win one game in Cincinnati. Um, that that's my prediction. And then after that, the schedule gets tougher because uh, they host the Toronto Blue Jays next Friday for three games. And then they play the Atlanta Braves five games in four days. The Mets have their 11th doubleheader of the season on Monday. Uh, it's a it's a single admission doubleheader. So two against Atlanta Monday, then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And then they see the Cincinnati Reds again for three games. Uh, so th- th- that's, a, that's a brutal stretch. But um, I'm going to make that prediction on the road trip. Um... I think the Mets go three and three, but um, this schedule gets rough. August August schedule, uh, the Dodgers come to town, then the Mets travel the very next day. Uh, the Mets the Mets play the Dodgers the thirteenth, fourteenth, and fifteenth at City Field, and then the very next day they have to travel to the West Coast to play the San Francisco Giants for three games. Turn around and play the Dodgers for four more games after that. And then they come home and see the Giants again for three games. So this schedule is getting rough. The The Mets did not see the Dodgers or the Giants not one time the entire first half. And then in the span of a week, uh, six games against the Giants and seven games against the Dodgers. So that's, that, that's, that's a tough schedule. Of course, the NL West, or as some people have been referring to them this season, the NL Best. Um, that's the most competitive division in baseball right now. The San Francisco Giants lead that division 
uh, by a half a game over the Dodgers. The two NL wildcard spots of the season ended today are taken by both the Dodgers and the Padres. So um, the Giants and the Dodgers, two teams that are are really in the mix. They have something to play for. And if the Mets continue to have a mediocre offense like they had in the first half, um, even with the NL East being as mediocre of a division of baseball as it is, I don't know if, if, if the Mets escape August still in first place. I don't even know if they escape July still in first place. I would hope so. But with a three and a half game lead and then anything's possible. Uh, two years ago, at the end of the first half, the Washington Nationals, nobody even thought they would contend for a playoff spot. They end up going to the World Series and winning the whole thing. So you you never know in baseball. It's 162 games. The first 81 are out of the way, but it's still 81 more games left. So uh, we'll see what happens. But on this upcoming road trip, six games, three in Pittsburgh, three in Cincinnati. Uh, I personally predict three and three. I could be wrong, like I was wrong saying Pete wasn't going to win the Derby, and he did, but we never know. But the Mets have to take care of these games, uh, these winnable games against these bad teams, because the way the schedule goes the rest of the year, they don't they don't see uh, as many bad teams as they did in the first half. And uh, with that being said, I've said everything that there is to say, and the only thing left to say is, let's go Mets!